What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? This is Austin Cunningham and Justin Treese of Talking Football coming in with a little bit of a a different a different intro because it is Shark Week. Treese loves sharks. He loves Shark Week. This is a massive week for him. Before we even started recording, he goes, "I'm assuming you're doing the editing tonight because I'm going to assume that Shark Week is starting tonight, and he does not want to be distracted in the slightest." to make sure that all eyes and focus and attention is on Shark Week. Obviously, the Great Shark episodes are always the best, right? They always are. But I've actually been watching the Mako one from last year's all day for the last, like, two and a half hours. I'm I'm actually smoking up some pork shoulder in my backyard right now, and I'm letting that kind of do its thing for a few hours. I'm like, what else am I going to do? Let's, let's watch last week's or last year's Shark Week, and it's been fantastic. Super excited about it. I mean, if you don't like Shark Week, are you even human? I don't know. Like, Shark Week is the coolest thing on earth. It is pretty cool. Um, I'm I'm gonna give you a little honesty here. You know, a little truth. Here's my truth. I've never watched an entire week of Shark Week. I've never so, seen like an entire an entire thing of it. I've only seen maybe one or two shows during the week. Yeah, that's fair. But so just so you're aware, it's not like there's new episodes all day long, right? Most oh, of them, well, yeah. it's right. It's only like two to three hours per day. So you're not missing a ton, I guess, if you're if you're saying you watch a few episodes, but they're pretty cool. I'm super excited about it. But to change the subject for a, for a second here, I just want to congratulate each and every one of you that's listening to this episode. And have been listening to us because with today being Sunday, July 28th, you have officially survived another offseason without football. We have a game on Thursday, right? Preseason game, Hall of Fame game. That means for every single week until February, there is at least one game on national television. To be honest, it never felt like it was the off season. There was always something going on. Like there was maybe two weeks without anything going on in the NFL. And it was the two weeks prior to training camp, but we were still waiting on news, still waiting on some signings, but you're right. Trace, dude, we have football every weekend, every Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, all the way up until November, until February. Let's, freaking go i'm pumped i know you're pumped would you listening like tree said congratulations you've made it through props to you but now we need to get into what we do and that's our show and at the top of the board we have tree sivia trees what do you got for us today my guy name your top four wide receivers of all time of all time yep jerry rice calvin johnson Randy Moss, Terrell Owens. Okay, cool. So you name you name two of the three that I thought you would name. Okay. Uh, I assume I already knew Jerry Rice would be your top one, so I was mainly looking for two, three, and four. Uh, the Calvin was a surprise. I honestly thought you were gonna go Larry Fitzgerald over him, since Fitzgerald has the second most uh, receiving yards of all time. But just me. Okay. So question for you then, since you're naming those guys, mm-hmm. how many times? did randy moss 
lead the NFL in receiving yards? Maybe once or twice. Okay. If that, many, I mean, is that higher? My way off. I mean, he's fourth all time on receiving yards, and your guess is one or two times that he's led a season in receiving yards. So maybe six or seven. I, I mean, don't let me don't let me steer you in one way or the other. I want an honest answer. I, I felt like your first answer was honest, so uh, we can stick with it. Let's stay with four. Let's stay at okay. four. Okay. You said Terrell Owens. How many times do you think he led the league in receiving yards? I want to say three. Okay. Because Fitzgerald is second, I'm going to go with mm-hmm. him in the receiving yards. How many times do you think he's led the league in receiving yards? I'm going to say four as well. I mean, it's a hard thing to do. I mean, you, It is. Yeah. It is. It is. It's so hard that those three combined have zero. They have never, ever, ever led the NFL in receiving yards in a season. That's how difficult it is. This is so aggravating because I fall into, I don't <laughs> want to give too high of a number. I don't want to give too low of a number. Seem like an idiot. And then, of course, the answer is freaking zero. Zero. But I, I honestly, to God, I honestly, to God, when you asked about Randy Moss, I wanted to be like, never. But I didn't want to be an idiot. So that's what I get for. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. So Fitzgerald, second in receiving yards all the time. Owens, third receiving yards of all time. And Randy Moss, fourth all time in receiving yards. They never, ever led the NFL in receiving yards in their career in a single season. You would think, like, at least in 2007, when Randy Moss had that amazing year, he would be up there. Yeah. But But a lot of those are just touchdowns. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So, I was shocked when I saw it. Absolutely shocked. That is bizarre. It really is. But, I mean, those guys are just so great in everything, right? Like, they might not – they're never number one, right? But they're always, like, top three or four, and they're always scoring touchdowns. And, dude, those guys are – those are three of my favorite receivers of all time, so. Well, yeah, because, I mean, if you're you're number three or four every year of your career, I mean, you're passing somebody. Because the guy who's number one, he's not number one every year. Exactly. Who was number one last year? In receiving yards? Hopkins. Yeah. Well. Well, there we go, huh? There it is. Whoop, there it is. All right, so moving on, we had last episode, only a few teams had reported to camp. We are now at the point that every single team is in camp. They all reported between our last episode and now. Most of them were on Thursday and Friday. And it's hard to keep up with every team. It really is. I'm trying to do it for this ep- for these podcasts and everything, and... Man, every team has something going on, which is super exciting this time of year. And it's going to be fun once we get into preseason when you can see those storylines really start to like take shape and figure out what's true and what's false. So let's start out with the biggest news of them all. And, of course, after we just went on this huge thing about how we were so much higher on the Bengals than everybody else, two days later, of course, A.J. Green goes down with an ankle injury yesterday. Reports come out today, out six to eight weeks with torn ligaments in his ankle, and he will not play week one. They've already basically announced he's not going to be ready for week one of the NFL season against the Seattle Seahawks. Well, I mean, it makes sense. We talked about him. But the whole whole thing that I heard from it, or at least saw, was that it might have been the turf because the Bengals coaching staff and – you know, everyone's like, hey, you know, we don't really know if we like this. We don't know if it's in good conditions and a good setting or whatnot. 
and it sounds like his cleat got stuck in the turf, and that was the reason for the ankle injury. And if that's the case, dude, that's awful. It really that is. is awful. And sorry, I'm I'm not aware. So, was their camp at the Bengals facility, or do they travel like some of the other teams? I think they travel. Okay, gotcha. Man, that's that's a rough go at it. I know that he came out because the NFL 100's going on. He got ranked 58. He's like, I'll be back to the top 20, like where I've been. Like, just wait for me this year. I'm back healthy, ready to roll. And of course, first practice. Down he goes. So this will be his third year, or sorry, yeah, third time in the last five seasons that he's missing games with a lower leg injury. And he turns 31 on Tuesday. Tuesday or Wednesday. I mean, the body just doesn't heal as fast when you're getting that old. But I hope I hope he I hope he comes back healthy and we'll see. Weeks week two or three I is an ideal situation for them. Hopefully he can recover in that time. Speaking of AJ Green though and his injury, a team that wide receivers are just falling off one by one. You know what I mean? Like the ants go marching one by one. Here go the Giants receivers one by one. Golden Tate suspended for performance-enhancing drugs. Everyone else, Shepard, hurts his thumb. Everyone else just falling out. I mean, who did they have at wide receiver? No one, man. Like, Corey Coleman, who isn't great, but was going to be their number three, tore his ACL out for the season. Like you said, uh, Shepard, broken thumb. How long is he out? You don't really know yet, right? Thumbs are thumbs are tricky with wide receivers, right? You come back, one pass could hurt it again. So you have to be very careful with it. From what it sounds like, we'll still be ready for week one, but probably won't be doing much until that time. And the Golden Tate thing is very interesting. You heard the story, right? Mm-mm. He started taking some supplements for because him and his wife are having trouble having a baby. So he started taking this supplement and he said two or three days after he's been taking it, he realized that it had something that was illegal. And so he went straight to the NFLPA and to the owner, GM, and head coach and said, hey, I stopped taking this. I only took it for a couple of days, but I'm letting you know, like, I did take something, something that I'm not supposed to, that's not supposed to be in my body. And then, of course, he gets drug tested and this is what happens. So if he gives a notice and goes, hey, this was an accident, you know, I'm taking something to kind of help just my personal life, why would they still suspend him for that? If he if he came out and said it. Because I could say, I could be like, hey, wife, just say that we're taking this drug. But really, I'm taking steroids the entire time. Like, that's an easy way to manipulate the system if you're going to allow, uh, if you're going to allow people to be, hey, my bad, didn't mean to, didn't mean to. Yeah, I guess I just look for the good in people. Just an optimistic person, I guess. My bad. My mistake there, Treese. I apologize over here. Like, hey, you can take steroids the whole time. You're hey, out. You get hey, out of no. here. Hey, come on. I didn't mean it like that, but I'm just saying, like, people are going to be dishonest about yeah. it. If it, can, if it can give them a, a leg up on the competition and give them more hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, but I feel like he's one of the one players that doesn't need that i mean he's already strong enough after the catch i mean he's already strong enough going up for the ball what does he need it for and he just got freaking paid why would you risk that 
But, I mean, I don't know. His life, his decision, the mistake, he's already he's already been dealt the punishment. Just live it out. You'll be good to go from there. Um, another guy that's been kind of frustrated with the media and being labeled as injury-prone, but definitely had something to say about it. Treese, I know you have more to say about this than I do, but this is Darius Geis with the Redskins. Where is he at as a running back for the Redskins anyways? So right with now, Adrian Peterson, and they drafted another They Bryce Love. Where is Geis in this mixture? He, he's the number two right now, right behind AP, and they, they fully expect him to be their workhorse, probably heading into next year. This I mean, Bryce Love is also coming off an ACL, so he probably won't play that much this year. So this year it's going to be AP, Geis splitting the load. And he he looks like a beast right now. He is just, his legs are huge. I think his quads are probably bigger than Saquon's. They are ginormous. And he he came out today on NFL Network and just went off on people saying how he's injury prone. And he's just like, I've had one injury that's been significant to my body. And all of a sudden I'm injury prone because I've had one injury. Get out of here. You guys don't know what injury prone means. But I think it's good for him to have AP. One, obviously AP came back from his ACL super quick mm-hmm. and knew how to take care of his body. He can he can help Geis in that area. And then two, he has AP, so when they start to play, he doesn't have to take on 200 carries this season, right? He can be at that like 130, 140 range and just let it go. Love can come in, probably having that 50 touch range, right? And just like let these guys ease them in this season. So next year, when AP is clearly not going to be on the team, then those two can carry the load. Absolutely. Staying in Washington, Trent Williams no longer wants to be there. I'm not sure if it's the owner of the GM that he doesn't trust, but it's somebody. He doesn't trust him, doesn't respect him, doesn't want to be a part of it, doesn't want to play another down for the organization, and is demanding that he is taken out. The Redskins have already signed another offensive tackle. I do not have the name, so I apologize for that. But I also know that they are looking at Donald Penn, who is currently a free agent. But Trent Williams wanting out of Washington right now, like that's a blow for the Redskins. Because that's one, you know, we've already discussed this with the Trisivia segment before. They're the highest paid offense in the league. Like they, most of their salary cap is for their offense. Their defense is super young. But you also have a new quarterback. You do have injury-prone quarterbacks right now. You have Case Keenum, maybe not the injury-prone guy, but Colt McCoy. He's the injury-prone man. Trust me, I've been seeing it since the National Championship game at Texas. Broke my heart that he went down within the first quarter, first two drives. That was a tough watch, man. But back to reality here, he does get injured. He broke his leg last year after Alex Smith snapped his in half. Case Keenum, inconsistent. Dwayne Haskins coming in as a rookie. You need the best players there. You need them on your team, and having a guy you want that wants out is not a good look for your team or the future of your franchise. But, Trice, what I want to ask you is, where... I mean, what teams are needing a left tackle right now? Like, where could he go? That's what the question I was going to ask you. I don't know if there's anywhere that wants a left tackle at that price and that age. That's the problem. I just don't know. I mean, you have his salary in front of you. I don't, but I can get it up in a matter of a couple seconds. All right. His contract. Here we go. His cap hit is 13.5 million. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 14.7 million. It was 30.5 last year. 14.7 million this year. 
and 14.6 next mil- next year. So 29 million over the next two seasons. I'm not sure about that. I mean, he did go to the University of Oklahoma. He's already been set with a five-year, $66 million contract. $30 million of it was fully guaranteed. But wanting another one at this point, I mean, dude, look at the team around you. I mean, look where you're at. You still got another – I mean, you got another season in your contract. Like, just – I mean – Yeah, you're 31 years old, too. Yeah, like, I get it, but I don't. Like, you are set for an entire another year. What about the Jets? I mean, their left tackle is going to – Beecham is going to be a free agent after this year, and he's not very good. They have some cap space still left over. If you wanted to go two years, really protect – Darnold. Darnold. I mean, that's a good left side of the offensive line. I'm not sure what they have on the right, but Osamali and then you throw Williams in there too. I mean, that's that's a pretty good little duo right there on the left side of your offensive line with uh, Bell. And dang, that's not a bad idea going to the Jets. Do you think the Bills go for it? I don't know if the Bills need it, right? I mean, I can't remember who their left tackle is, but I know that they I don't spent... have a clue, to be honest. Let's look that up real quick, Bills. Because I know they obviously spent a bunch on their draft the last couple of years. Not this year particularly, but and then free agency this year. I just don't know if they necessarily need a left tackle at this point. I mean, I don't know who Deion Dawkins is, but that's who their left tackle is. I'm not familiar with them. If you're the Buffalo Bills and your main focus is protecting Josh Allen and trying to give room for LaShawn McCoy, Frank Gore, Yeldon, or Singletary. Makes sense. I mean, I mean yeah. And for the and for the Redskins, it makes sense because you most likely want to trade him to the next conference, right? The other conference. Exactly. Switch him over to that AFC. I mean, that would make sense. I I like it, dude. I'd say one of those two AFC East teams are yep. are good choices. Watch him end up with the Patriots or whatnot. I mean, just watch it happen. Yeah, seriously. just because For like a, a six-round pick for not this next year, but for the 2021 draft, just watch it happen. Bill Belichick be like, hey, want to win another Super Bowl? Let me yeah. give you a six-round draft pick. I'll take your left tackle. Yeah, and the guy would be like, oh, six-rounder? Okay, no problem. I'm talking to, I'm talking to Bill Belichick. That's a fucking deal. But, uh, <laughs> That's not, I feel like that's how those deals go. Like, Bill Belichick's calling me. Like, uh, you you want my best player for a six-round draft pick? I mean, that that's a deal, sir. Go win another one, please. Beat me in the playoffs. Uh. I don't know where I was going with that. It just it felt it, right to you. You needed that. You've been, you've been holding up a lot of anger. <laughs> I'm still mad, dude. I'm still mad. I was sh- two inches away. I couldn't see the ball. You don't need to see the fucking ball. Watch everyone else move. You dude, Oh, I, you know who I'm talking about. I do. Dude, I understand, man. The <sighs> year before, this is what I was feeling. Yeah, but you guys had a tight end at quarterback. You didn't deserve to go. <laughs> and you guys didn't have a defense. <laughs> you didn't Bro, deserve shut to up. go. Shut up. Shut up. Oh. All right. Hey, what if, we, what if your team and my team ends up in the AFC Championship game? What if? I mean, we would obviously go and hate each other. The entire no, I'm not. I'm not going. Nope. We're going. We're going. Unless I have a job that's paying me to go, dude. I don't know about that. If it's in Kansas City, I would go. If yeah, it's exactly. in Kansas City, I would go. See? And I'll I'll come in room with you for a few days. My guy. My guy. Yeah. 
Yeah, in my new spot, dude. I just got a new place. So, yeah, that'd be awesome. Come stay in my townhouse. I even got a basement. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big yeah. time. Yep. Big shit popping, boy. Yep. Uh, speaking, you, of, let's... speaking of big time. Sorry, speaking oh, of big here time. Here we yeah. go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Yeah. One who's looking big time right yeah. now. Talk to me now. Lamar Jackson. Get out of here. He is throwing it so smoothly. Boykins is being a stud. Brown is coming up huge off of that Liz Frank injury. He's looking healthy. Ingram, hungry, wants to prove that he can be the guy again. I think that this offense is going to be way better than what people think, and which I already thought. But now it might even be better than what I was originally thinking. Are you talking about in Madden or are you talking about in real life? I'm talking about in real both. I will. <laughs> so he is like very vocal right now about, hey, I was throwing way too many ducks last year. My mechanics were horrible. I've spent a lot of time this offseason taking care of that, cleaning that up, and I can feel it in training camp already how much better my ball is compared to last season. And honestly, though, like think about it. So if his ball is actually better and he's throwing it better, that's a nightmare for other teams, right? Because your big thing is he can't throw the ball, right? And he can only run it. So if he does improve on passing, what is your, what is your argument against the Ravens winning that division at that point? Well, I mean, if everything's clicking, I mean, you can't argue against it. I'm just going to argue with the fact that I think he's going to try and run too many times and he's going to get hurt. But maybe having an RG3 there, RG3 can go, hey, don't take a hit. Trust me, you're going to snap your knee in half, and then you're going to think you're fine. You'll snap in half again, and then you're toast. Then you're a third-string backup. Do we finally just see Kaepernick get signed by the Ravens? No, I think he's done. Me too, but I'm so- I mean, I think a lot – the thing with Kaepernick, he wasn't a good quarterback. Like, yes, that didn't help, but he yeah. really wasn't that good of a quarterback in the last year or two. Like, he just wasn't that good. I bet 49ers fans at a point were like, we should have just kept Alex Smith if we were only going to get two good years of football. Maybe. But I don't know, dude, because RG3 is out for the next six weeks, six to eight weeks. So they need a quarterback. Roman is their OC, who was the OC for the Niners during the Kaepernick heyday. I don't know. I I agree. I don't think it's going to happen, but... If there was ever going to be a situation where he should get signed, it's right here and right now. Do you think he's in football shape? Yes. You think he still is? Yes. Watch him sign like Nathan Peterman or something. God. See, it's it's that type of shit. If if Blake Bortles, Nathan Peterman, and I don't even know who else, others, Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> God, I'm just naming old Jaguars quarterbacks at this point. Are on Go ahead, rosters. man. I'm not going to name Chad Henney. Um, I just think that I just think that Cap is better than those guys. But that's just me. Oh, I'll, I'll agree with that. I'll definitely agree with that. Yeah. All right. Sorry, everybody. I'm sure that's annoying. I'm sure everybody hates talking about Kaepernick, but it made me think about it. Speaking of the other annoying shit that happens during training camp, I am so over watching lame-ass videos of Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball and everybody 
like pissing their pants over it. Like, holy shit, did you see that? He threw it behind the back to a coach when he was just standing there. Yes, I'm sure 90% of quarterbacks do that during practice. So my question to you, Austin, and you're going to show favoritism, so it's like whatever. Mm -hmm. But what's more annoying, those those type of videos or all the Browns videos of them catching of Landry and OBJ with one handed grabs? I just want to say this out loud. Some of those wouldn't have to be one handed grabs if (laughs) Mayfield was throwing it on target. Oh, just it's like, like you stole the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Dude, when they first showed them like in camp together, they cut out Baker throwing the ball so you couldn't see it, but I figured I found a way to view it. There was a ball like, thrown at the feet of Odell or one that was over his head, and it was Baker on a bad throw to the outside, like to the like on an out route. And you're right with the passes going over the middle, the one oh what a grab by Odell. Well, I bet Odell's like, damn, like glad you can throw it hard and far, but like let me catch it with two hands at least. Yeah, there was a there was one today with Landry on an out route, and he had to like so he's running obviously to the outside yeah. and he reaches back with his left hand and catches it before he steps out of bounds. And it was like, Did you see that catch? I'm like, dude, if that's against an actual corner in the NFL, like during a season game. Yes. I mean, that's probably a pick six. And then all the, uh, like, there's the one play that had uh, Odell, like, reaching over the top. Like, he reacted, like, he did it He did it on purpose, like, reacting to it late so the DB can't make a jump. I mean, this is all happening on Terrence Mitchell. This is a guy who's on, like, his third team, second team in the NFL, previously on the Chiefs. The guy doesn't turn his head around. He's not a good corner. So when you show me all these camp videos of Odell burning people, and I see it's Terrence Mitchell, I'm not giving him credit for it. Back to the Mahomes thing, though. The reason that that's blowing up is because of what he's previously done in practice and what he brought it to a game. His rookie year, there were multiple reports from veterans going, this dude practices trick throws. He practices trick plays. He practices stuff to where it looks like he's messing around, but he's legitimately practicing it. And we saw it last year with Vaughn Miller coming in hot on his heels, grabs his ankles, tucks them together, and Mahomes goes left-handed to Tyreek to get the first down. This little behind-the-back thing comes from a play action. I don't know when, and I don't know how, if he does this, what's going to happen afterwards. If there's an interception, I'll be like, that was a stupid fucking decision. That was stupid. Why would you do that? That was dumb. But if it's a touchdown, you know that video that we saw this week is going to be all over the airways again. But he practices this stuff, Trees. And I have never had this as a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And I've never seen any other team have it. I've also seen a deep throw of Mahomes rolling out to the right, setting his feet, launching it down the field, perfect spiral, bam, right in the basket. We see that from Aaron Rodgers every year. We saw one from Mahomes. There's, uh, there's these station pockets for the Chiefs that they use in practice, like for accuracy with the quarterbacks. And there's a high one, there's a middle one, and there's a low one. But with each one, the basket or the target gets smaller. Patrick Mahomes was throwing to the high one left-handed, about 15 yards away, just throwing it left-handed. It wasn't a spiral right through the middle. What can't this guy do, Treese? What can't this guy do? I don't even even want to hear you say it. All I want to say is I'm proud to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan, and I am proud that Patrick Mahomes is our quarterback. You can be that, and Patrick Mahomes is 
great. He's fantastic. I love watching him. But I don't think that we need to have on social media this video of him standing there and throws a football behind the back to a coach and think that it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's just, it's not that cool of a thing. It's like, He's not yeah. standing there, though. He's running. He's doing a play-action bootleg to the right. He was and- he was basically stopped. He did the play-action, and then he stopped, because that's like where he's going to throw it. But the like they're just practicing the rollout. He basically stops, and he bounces like twice, and then he just tosses it behind his back. You need to rewatch the video. I've watched it a lot, Treese. I've watched sure it a lot. Sure you have. <laughs> it's on like all of my timeline. <laughs> I pull up Twitter, bam, there it is. Someone's retweeting it. Someone's quoting the tweet. You're just <sighs> welcome that I haven't done that yet. Yeah, I'm I'm so thankful you haven't. I just lose my shit. Oh, I mean, the video of Philip Rivers from like 25, 30 yards out hitting the crossbar like six times in a row is way more impressive than the behind-the-back pass that goes forward about four yards. Yep. Why isn't that me? Why haven't I seen that? Why is that because, not anywhere to be seen? I mean, it's on Twitter. You just have to literally just look it up. You just have to look it up. But no, I'm just saying that I just think that people are over analyzing anything that Mahomes does. But I guess that's what you get when you throw for 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards your first year and win MVP. And win a shit ton of other awards. And you're everywhere right now. Yeah, yeah. everyone's going to talk about you. I mean, that's true. And this guy's the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Let me fanboy. I'm loving it. I'm I'm lathered all up in it. I'm loving it. <laughs> all right. All right. Enough about Mahomes here. Next thing we want to talk about is this John Gruden speech. I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea what you're talking about here. So I'm going to let you You run haven't heard it. So he's, he's got the team. I think it's at the rookie camper before the vet showed up. And he's talking to the team. And he's like, everyone has dreams. Everyone has a dream to make it in the NFL, to be, you know, a starter in the NFL or to make it in the, like, you know, start in a Pro Bowl, play in a Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl. He's like, I don't want dreamers. He's like, I want nightmares. He's like, I want you to be the people that end someone's dream. I want you to be the person that ends someone's dream of making it to a Super Bowl, of like winning the AFC Championship game. He's like, I want you to be the reason someone doesn't get to live their dream. And I just like, damn, that's pretty freaking good coming from a head coach. Because if I heard that as a player, I'm like, what do you mean you don't want me to be a dreamer? Like, what, what's your problem with me being a dreamer? And it's like, oh, I have no problem being a nightmare. I have no problem being a nightmare for the Oakland Raiders or for the Raiders. I I'm Hard Knocks is going to be pretty exciting with all of Gruden's speeches and, you know, all these sayings that he has and him getting upset. And I'm excited for it, dude. The Raiders are looking promising. It's going to be a good season, man. And if you haven't heard the speech, you need to hear. I'm going to try and find it and send it to you right now. Please do. You think that that's how they open up Hard Knocks is with that? I hope so. I really do. I mean, it. If it's as cool as what you made it sound out to be, then it probably will be the start. All right, let's move on to Theo Riddick getting released by the Detroit Lions. I mean, he's a he's a longtime Lions kid, and I know a lot of Lions fans that just love this guy and are probably a little upset that he got released. But in the end, they have so many running backs on that roster, and he had a 
decent sized salary for this year. It wasn't massive. I mean, it was it was average, but a little surprising there, I guess. I mean, there's always been rumblings of him possibly moving on or them moving on from him, but I just didn't know if they would actually pull that trigger. I guess that that means that they're really focused in on guys like Carryon Johnson and C.J. Anderson. I, I think that they're okay with those two leading the charge there. But reports are that Theo Riddick is going to meet with the Saints early next, early this week. Yeah, he's set to meet with the Saints. I think every point that you hit on with him being with the Lions and the reason why they would have released him, I mean, it makes sense. You have C.J. Anderson, Carryon Johnson. The guy's the first running back for the Lions in however many years to have over 100 yards rushing in a game. We've seen that he can catch the ball out of the backfield really well. Maybe the Lions were like, hey, Riddick's just not the guy we thought he was. It's time to move on, and Riddick's already set to meet with the Saints and his future going forward. Now let's go ahead and start getting into releases and holdouts and everything else, you know, the rest of our topics here before we kind of move on to our next segment here. Who's this uh, releasing that you have for us? Robert in. In Kimche? I always mess up his name. I'm sorry, everybody. You guys know that we're not very good at re- pronouncing names. But overall, he, he was the first pick, not first pick, first round pick for the Cardinals. He was the number one high school recruit that went to Ole Miss. Everybody knows about that draft class where it was also with uh, Treadwell. And both of those guys obviously have flamed out. But he tore his ACL last year, and he came out and was just way out of shape. Uh, Kingsbury came out on Friday, third Friday, I think, and was just like, yeah, he is fat. He's out of shape. Like, he clearly did not care about his body on recovering from his ACL. And then 48 hours later, they were just like, well, you know what? I'm not going to play this game. And so good for Kingsbury, to be honest with you. First-year head coach, former number one, first-round pick. And so at this point, he's been there, and two out of their last three first-round picks, he's just been like, let's get them out of here. They don't fit this team. It's pretty it's pretty cool for a first-time head coach to make those bold moves. Well, I mean, that, that just goes to show that he knows what he's looking for, and he knows what he wants. Like, he knows exactly how he wants this team built, and he wants them to buy in. And if you got a guy that's not willing to buy in, yeah, like you said, you got to get him out of there. got to get the right people in to make things happen. And we don't have him on this list, but Kyler Murray, we made that bet last week, and I'm almost kind of wanting to get out of it. There's because no out of it. some of his throws, like he had one where he like is on his back foot, throws it to the left side of the field with the outstretched hand of a defender trying to catch up to it, lays it perfectly where only his receiver can get it, and they go up the field like they get another yard. I know it's practice, and there's not much else going on, but he also made some nice throws along the sideline to Larry Fitzgerald. Pretty cool to see Fitzgerald still getting his feet in, showing that awareness and that skill at his age. Kyler Murray might be better than I thought, man. And that's going to be a shitty thing to lose. Yeah. I mean, dude, all he has to do is average 194 passing yards a game in our bet. That's kind of a hard thing to do in the NFL as a first-year player. I don't think it is. I, because my reasoning last time. I think that them being down enough alone is he's going to get a ton in the fourth quarter i could easily see him averaging 90 passing yards in the fourth quarter alone 95 and so he literally just has to have 100 yards in the first three quarters i mean i i think that that lock is a i mean that bet is a lock for me like i've already put a check mark on jt wins (laughs) that one i don't know well because i can just see them being a primarily a run team a read option team 
you know, just going with that. And then it's like, shit, we have to pass. Well, the defense knows we have to pass because it's third and eight. Like, we're, we can't just run again. Yeah. And that's where some issues are going to come from. And then, yeah, in the fourth quarter, if he's getting yards there, who are his targets? I mean, who's he throwing to besides Fitzgerald and Johnson out of the backfield? Christian Kirk's Kirk. pretty good. Well, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, is he anything valuable within the fourth quarter? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think he has some skills. And then they drafted Andy Isabella in the sec, second round, third round this year. They got Hakeem Butler. That is true. Yeah. I mean, they got they just have they have athletes, right? That they're just I just super like, young. Yeah. No, they're super young. And again, I don't think they're winning more than five games this year. So I, I just think that they're gonna. I think the yardage bet for me was he's just gonna have a lot because they're gonna be down so much. That's my argument against it. Can't wait to see it. it. Can't wait. One know who else can't wait to see the season start is the New York Jets head coach. Because did you hear him come out and say Sam Darnold is 22 years old and he throws the piss out of the ball? Just, just super <laughs> no. excited. He's did just, he have the crazy eyes going on too? Yeah, yeah, Adam Gase. Yeah, always. He always has the crazy eyes. But he is clearly super excited about having a young quarterback with a strong arm to fit the style of offense that he wants to have. So let's talk about the top 100 at this point. Every day they're doing it more and more. So today it's actually going to be the, what, 40 through 31. Mm-hmm. But a few things that happened yesterday that I was just shocked on. Is appalled. Was absolutely appalled. appalled. Yeah, I was. I really was. It's only by one spot, but Deshaun Watson behind Baker Mayfield to me is just disgusting. And and again, we think Baker's really good. We had him in our top 80 overall after his rookie year. I thought that was very respectful. I think that what he did was very good. But what Deshaun Watson has done in his first two seasons is borderline special. I don't think he deserved to be 50. I think he should have been in the 80s. There's no reason for him to be higher. Mitchell Schwartz was in the 80s and 90s, and you have Baker at 50. I mean, what's the best right tackle in the league versus an average quarterback that helped their team win the first game in like two years? Yeah. Was there such a huge difference there? And then you said Deshaun Watson. One of the worst offensive lines in the league, and he's still putting up numbers and helping try to lead his team to win the division. How is he one spot behind Baker? Yeah. More wins, more touch, passing touchdowns, more yards, I think, all for Watson over Baker. I could be wrong on the yards, actually. but Either I'm, way, he's a better overall quarterback. Either way, yeah. And Matt Ryan was 69 overall. So you're telling me that Baker's 20 spots basically ahead of Matt Ryan? A dude that's won the MVP and last year, which we've said multiple times, had a better year last year than his MVP year. Sorry, I'm just not seeing it. Still think that I still think Baker deserves to be in that top hundred. I just don't think he's better than those guys. Yep. All right. I agree with you. What about Christian McCaffrey coming in at 42? We were talking about how we felt really bad about having him at 20 because we thought he should have been higher. Like we really felt bad about it. Yeah, I mean, I responded when you sent me the text message and told me, I was like, oh, that's disrespectful. I mean, he had 2,000 all-purpose yards. You got 41 other players that are better than him. Please show me who. Can't wait to see it. I mean, you can watch All or Nothing within the first two episodes. It's, hey, McCaffrey's actually pretty good. We don't have Greg Olson again this year. What can McCaffrey do? 
bam, lead your team. That's what he did. Like, I just who's doing it? I just want to know who's doing it. There's so many rumors coming out that it's not players, and I'm just so oh, I guarantee you it's not. But why wouldn't players come out and say that then? Like they've been doing this for ten years. Because it happens in the middle of the season, and they have no idea what they wrote down on their top 100 eight months ago. So you're saying you think that they have players fill things out, but then they don't put that into account? Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, you see, I mean, I'm not sure if you kept track of that, but yeah, the NFL 100, they were like, oh, this team just completed the NFL top 100. They just did their listings and recordings today. And then they show like one player's list of 100 players. You didn't see that last season? No. Yeah, they so they showed them like going through each team and they're like, hey, we're with the Redskins this week or we're with the Lions this week or the Rams. Check out this player's top 100 players. And then, you know, the public just demolishes the list because a player's like, you know, a list isn't right because he's not watching. He's playing football. So it's hard to go, wow, Matt Ryan's better than Baker, but I'm not seeing Matt Ryan help the Browns win uh, their first game in two years and, you know, change help change the culture of the team. So That's fair. Okay, yeah. cool. I, I guess I didn't see that, but enough about top 100. I mean, we're still going to talk about next episode too, because next episode will be <laughs> will be at the final ten actually. So we'll we'll bring it up again. But <laughs> enough for tonight. Let's talk about holdouts. There are six main holdouts right now. Yannick Ngakwe. We've talked about him enough. I'm not going to bore you guys with that. Still hoping that by middle of next week we have a deal. Ezekiel Elliott. A little surprising that he's. Still doing this because, as yes, he probably deserves some money, but with his history of getting in trouble, I didn't think that he was going to have the balls to do it. He shouldn't have the balls to do it. Yeah, I heard. I heard this at the Senior Bowl. The Cowboys are going to run him into the ground, and then when his contract's up, they're going to let him go. They're going to take the fifth-year option. They're going to let him go. He causes too much trouble off the field. Yes, yep. he's a good player. But, I mean, you just pound the rock to him. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. But at the same time, you're not going to pay that guy. I mean, how many great running backs have the Cowboys had? I mean, they had DeMarco Murray right before Zeke. They had another decent running back right before Zeke. Then here comes Zeke. You can find another one. There's going to be another good running back that comes in. You can find him in the third round. Rod Smith, not the most productive running back, still a pretty good running back. I mean, you can do running back by committee now. Yeah, and... I think that they are, they're already planning it, right? They drafted two running backs this season in the draft. One of them being Mike Weber out of Ohio State in the seventh round, who runs exactly like Zeke and like in the has some speed, likes to put his, you know, his nose down and just push and push, right? Mm-hmm. And let him learn behind him for two years and then let him be the guy. So, yeah, I could see that easily. Next one, Michael Thomas for the Saints. This one seems like it's very, very close to ending here. They've offered him some big-time money. I think it was to become the third-highest wide receiver. I think that's I don't know officially, but that sounds about right. Yeah, I want to say it was behind OBJ and behind Antonio Brown. Um, By on a yearly basis, that is not overall money. But I just I think that they're so close that they're gonna they're gonna get something done in the next couple days. I bet I bet he's in camp before. August 1st like that's how close I think it sounds like they are one that's not actually two that are not close at all Jadavion Clowney this dude I could see showing up a week before the season starts J- 
just I could see him fight. not playing until about two weeks into the season. Also could see that because he <laughs> thinks that he should be getting paid, and there's the huge issue with they're trying to pay him top outside linebacker money, but he's saying I want top defensive end money, and it's it's getting nasty, and it does not help that Houston doesn't have a fucking GM to help <laughs> solve this issue. <laughs> It's almost like that position in the front office is super important. No, I completely agree with you. And then the last one, Melvin Gordon, running back for the Chargers, wants to get paid. Sounds like they offered him money as well, but it was behind, who was it? I can't remember. I can't remember the money, but he wants to get paid like David Johnson money, but he was their offer was just above whoever's getting paid just under David Johnson. I don't remember who the player is now that we're talking, though. Basically, he's wanting that five-year, four-year, 60-something million dollar deal. My only question is, does he deserve that? Like, does that is that a fair amount for him? Has he been that helpful for the Chargers? He's been more helpful than David Johnson was. I mean, I, I know that's a Bad argument, but I'm just going off of what David Johnson's getting paid, right? And that's the money that he wants. He's been more valuable to his team than David Johnson has been for the Cardinals. I mean, I guess that's true, but I mean, you, you, we just said it was Zeke. Like, you can do a running back by committee now. Having the primary running back just doesn't seem to be one of those things that's needed. It's nice to have. It's not like it's needed right now. But guys that did actually get recently signed, we talked about him last episode, Alan Hearns, going to the Dolphins. They have an okay wide receiver room. Alan Hearns brings some talent to the team. You have Albert Wilson. You have Devontae Parker. You have a Grant, the really fast guy from Texas Tech. With Rosen, Like if that's your guy for the future, you got to go with him. I mean, half Fitzgerald is a premier backup and go from there. There's no reason to have Fitzgerald start, then bring in Rosen, and then you're still sitting there with, Ooh, do we get another quarterback or not? Start Rosen. Let Rosen get adjusted with that first team, the first offense, and let them roll out with it. And if it goes to shit, then go get a quarterback or ride out for another year and then come out and get Lawrence out of Clemson. Go get him. Be that bad your second year with Rosen or don't start Rosen to where you can get Lawrence and just go from there. But right now, if you're the Dolphins, I don't know why you're playing that game. Yeah, me either. It doesn't make a lot of sense. You, you gave up a third-round pick for him. Just play him. It, it does you no good to start Fitzpatrick. Like, he is not the future. No. You know he's not. So why why even bother with it? But He's been on, like, four teams in the last four years. Yeah, he's been on, like, literally, like, eight teams in his career, I feel like. But uh, another guy that signed was Bobby Wagner, Mr. 99 overall in Madden. Got a decent-sized deal. But it's funny because he still like went off about how he was still making less than Terry Rozier. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm still making less than an average point guard in the NBA. <laughs> I mean, yeah. props to those guys, dude. Yeah, I mean, you guys should talk to your NFLPA lead then if you guys uh, don't like the piece of the pie you guys are getting because you guys are the ones that agreed to it. Just saying. I mean, do the player do like do the player max contracts like the NBA? Like yeah. you have to hit a, a certain tier of being an All Pro, being on a selected as an All Star, Pro Bowl in this case with the NFL, where yeah. you or you have to be an All Pro at your position. And if you hit two out of the three, 
then you can be offered a max deal to this amount for your team or if you're to move to another team. Like that helps things out tremendously. The NFL makes too much money to not allow that. I mean, there's no reason for the guys that are literally playing to damage their bodies and get hit or get in multiple car crashes a game to be getting paid less than guys that run up and down a court however many games a year. I mean, yes, there's less players, there's more games, you're doing more there. But, I mean, these guys, I feel like they're doing just as much, if not worse, to their body than the NBA. Oh, for sure. For sure. All right, last guy that we need to talk about today, and that's Mike Daniels. We talked about how he got released last episode, and we were trying to figure out what teams were best. We did not name this team, and we should have thought about this a little bit. Why not go into a division rival so he can really get to play that team two times a year and show him how big of a mistake it was to release him? And that's him going to the Detroit Lions. That is a very good signing for the Lions. That is a very good signing for Matt Patricia. Yes. Do they have the best defensive line against the run at this point? I'm not going to say pass rush, but against the run. Trey Flowers, Snacks, and now Daniels. Yeah. And hand and hand hand from Alabama, yeah. who was yeah, very good. Yeah, I, that's that's pretty I think good. That's the one of the meanest against the run there is. I can't think of a team that's better, to be honest with you. But here's the thing: who in their division's running the ball primarily besides the Bears? It's not going to be the Packers. Minnesota's going to try to run the ball a lot more this year. I think they try and just say, Cousins, you got a fully guaranteed contract. Just do something with it. Yeah, that's fair. And I think they do, too, because they have the weapons outside, right? They exactly. Have, Absolutely. They have, and I agree. But I do think that they're going to be the team that let's set the tone early by trying to smash it down your throat, and then we'll pass it. I, I just feel like that's what Zimmer wants in his head. Well, I agree with you. Other than that, is there anything that we want to talk about in the NFL? Any updates from the Jags? Any Anyone that you're looking out on? What what you got going on there in Jacksonville, sir? Yeah, so the safeties are, which was a little bit of my concern, are doing fantastic. They're actually leading that defensive back. They're the ones communicating with the corners and the linebackers, making sure everybody's in the right spot. So Jared Wilson and Ronnie Harrison, super excited about them. Ramsey actually came out on in an interview yesterday and said that these are the two smartest safeties that he's played with and he actually said sorry church and gibson i don't mean that as disrespect basically saying that these guys are smarter than him but he's like i loved playing with those guys i I don't think that i think that those two are better like athletes and maybe what these guys are but when it comes to like the brain part that's always good to see boye he's missed a few days with a hamstring injury they're just playing it safe with him and Let's see, during camp, mini camps earlier, Miles Jack said, started saying something like, in the, something like, yeah, it's really strange us having to go this much harder at practice because a quarterback can hit wide receivers. And he like stopped halfway through it and said, never mind, I'm not going to go there. And then Ramsey said it today. Ramsey said, he's making us play and focus way harder than we ever had to. So, wow. Yeah. So shots are getting fired a little bit <laughs> and Foles is looking good, man. He's hitting, hitting some deep routes. I think that Westbrook is having a monster camp right now. Sounds like Chark is, huh. yeah. Sounds like Chark is doing a good job of not dropping the ball anymore, which is fantastic. Huh. Yeah. And then Conley is just being what Conley, what I expected from Conley. 
huh. I mean, it's as if someone tried telling you that your wide receivers aren't as bad as what you thought. I mean, it's can, as can if. We, can we wait until we see the season? And again, I mean, my, my argument was we don't have a number one wide receiver, just so we can be clear. I don't know if you still do. I, we don't, and that's my <laughs> that's my concern. <laughs> I think Chris Conley can be your number one receiver. I really do. He's got good long speed. He's got the height. He's got durable hands. He comes down with some clutch catches, and he's there when you need him. Yeah. He's your Mister Reliable. Yeah, and so I'm I'm excited, man. I'm 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 getting really excited about it, and I loved hearing from Fournette. Because Fournette's always been kind of the, like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And they keep asking him about him, and he's just like, let's talk about the team. He's like, we were not focused last year, and we kind of got embarrassed, and we now know what it takes to keep up what we were doing in 2017 and do that again this year. So I love that mentality. For, so everybody's obviously made a huge deal of him getting his guaranteed money kind of voided, his bonus money voided, mm-hmm. but which I still don't think is – good right but i do think that it actually is kind of working the way that the jags wanted like it it flipped a switch in his head that's like holy shit i need to focus i need to be a professional mm-hmm. and I, honestly i wouldn't be surprised if he does very good this year they give him his bonuses back i would not be surprised just kind of like a mom and dad type deal like hey we're taking this away you get your act together all right here's a bag yes well, dude, that's pretty exciting then for your for your Jags. I'm happy for you. I can't wait till week one in Jacksonville, not Kansas City in Jacksonville. I'm excited, dude, because it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle. I like this defense is this defense is ready. I think that they're they're focused, and again, they felt like I still think they feel like they had a chance against the Chiefs that that game because I think the defense did a pretty good job of slowing the Chiefs down. It was all the turnovers where. They were just getting the ball on their side of the on opposite side of the field so often that of course they're going to give up points, right? But yeah. they were the first they were the first team to pick Mahomes off. They stopped him in the red zone multiple times, just holding him to field goals. And again, we yeah, there wasn't a passing part. touchdown that game. Mahomes yeah. had a rushing, and then they had I think Kareem Hunt had a rushing, and yep. then uh, Chris Jones's pick six, and then like two field goals. Yep, exactly. Yep. That's exactly because it, it was thirty to what fifteen, I think is yeah. what it was. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So, and the Jags were in the red zone, I think, three or four times that game, and came up with zero points. Yeah. So I don't know how. I mean, I know how. But... You know how. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so again, man, I'm excited for that game. I think it's going to be a good time. We haven't really talked about this, but I think you're on the same page as me. We're not. We're not talking the moment kickoff starts right until after the game like we're not going to oh, 100 like- I don't actually I don't know I like to kind of talk during the game like not trash talk just kind of like I mean, just like when we play Madden yeah like just that's- you know what I mean yeah yeah that's fair I uh, if you don't want to talk I can do that just fine too no I I usually just like I usually put my phone away until like in between quarters <laughs> and then I'll look at it like I just need to focus for those like 20 minutes. Uh, but no, I get pretty active because you should get your phone out and be active on social media and call it what you like and what you didn't like. 
I should, but so here's the problem. So I stream Jags games on Sunday ticket just yeah. through my PlayStation. And for some reason, it's always like 30 seconds behind everyone else. So uh. when I'm on social media, there's certain times that I'll see a play. So I know what's happening. Like it happens literally right before me. It's like touchdown Jaguars. And then I look up and then the, they're hiking the ball and then I see the play. Yeah. So it's it's kind of that rough thing. If I guess if I just had direct TV and streamed on that, I would be live, but it's just the streaming on the PlayStation app. But yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. But I think that's it for tonight. I mean, I think it is basically NFL around the horn there, man. Just that's what, that's what the next couple episodes I think are going to be. We have spoke. We are going to do another fantasy episode here in the near future. We don't know when yet. We got to figure that out, but in the near future, we're going to do another one. I know that that had a lot of good, Good viewership. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go through it, but I hope everybody's enjoying their teams back at camp. And I mean, again, preseason Thursday, the following week, that's where everybody else's teams are having games. And it's going to be here before we know it. Uh, what? Uh, what am I thinking of? Hard Knock starts a week from Tuesday. Yep. I think it's August 6th or something like that. Mm-hmm. So super excited, man. Football's back, baby. I think that's it. And today we have been talking football.